This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 19th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The United States is both the biggest consumer of illegal drugs and the most fervent fighter of the war on drugs. Perhaps no country has paid a higher price for that contradiction than Mexico, as cartels fight for the mere opportunity to satisfy drug demand in the United States Tens of thousands of Mexicans are killed in the crossfire. Vicente Fox, the former president of Mexico, his message is simple. Prohibition doesn't work, and the United States must change its policies. We spoke yesterday. What the United States is, is the leading consumer of drugs nation by far. Huge market here in the United States. Estimated at a value of 50 billion U.S. dollars a year. And the question is if the United States is the leader on the war against uh, drugs. I would say that, unfortunately, what I see everywhere is a great tolerance. Because on the speech, on the public uh, appearances, it seems to be that everybody is Every government is highly committed with uh, eradicating drugs. But the truth is that there is a great tolerance. You see drugs here in Washington everywhere. You see them in Seattle. You see them in New York. You see them in Madrid at Paseo Castellana. You see them in London uh, downtown. You see it everywhere. And, uh, and uh, this is a growing business, unfortunately, in hands of criminals. What U.S. policy should exist? Well, I think that uh, uh, there is only but two choices. One is, if it is illegal, you must enforce the law. The other one would be changing the law so that it is not illegal or is not even penalized. So that's the first choice that the uh, United States has to take. And public opinion is already ahead of government. Again, governments tend to be very slow in reacting to where public opinion is and what they are demanding. So if, if the law is there, enforcement would be the case. And then I question the effectiveness, the efficiency of so many institutions related to enforcing the law to avoid the drug consumption. They're not working. I mean, when you have a 50 billion US market, when you see cargo loads of drugs crossing the border or reaching this place by the sea, who is taking care of that? Who is watching after that drug not coming to the big markets in the north of the United States? So it's absolutely inefficient, the work they're doing. And so the thing is they want to transfer the responsibility to Mexico. Why? One day Mexican government would tell him, hey guys, I mean, it's your turn. I'm not gonna keep uh, working for you and uh, trying to prevent the drug to reach the United States. You do your job. Once it crosses, you hold it there. That would be a big change in this. Legalization in the United States of drugs, at least at the federal level, is not likely to occur soon. Some states are flirting with uh, legalizing marijuana, as California had. As you pointed out, uh, more than half of Americans now support legalizing marijuana. Uh, since that's, it's unlikely that legalization is going to occur, what should the Mexican policy 
be with regard to should should Mexico simply ignore the requests of the United States to try to to crack down on on uh, trans That's transportation drugs? That is an option because we in Mexico we don't produce drugs, and this is to, should be to the surprise of U.S. public opinion. We don't produce drugs in Mexico. California state by itself produces more marijuana than the one we produce in Mexico. The rest of the drugs come from Venezuela, Colombia, Ecuador, Bolivia. And so Mexico just happens to be in between from those who are producing the drugs down south and those who are consuming the drugs up here. So Mexico should think about this. But now we have a problem, and it's a very Big, big problem. 50,000 kids dead in the last five years. 50,000 kids from 15 to 25 year olds. Another 50,000 that killed them. And maybe another 50,000 that are working actively with the cartels today. So Mexico's losing 150,000 kids which were not born criminals, which do not have criminality on their genes, and that what they missed is opportunities to have a different life. So fighting drugs cartels should start by uh, increasing opportunities for kids in Mexico, making sure that those kids will have a better offer than what they're getting from the cartels. So that's number one. Now, what we need to do in Mexico first, we should approach a cease of fire. And don't ask me for a specific answer at how that can be done. But it was done in Chiapas when Subcomandante Marcos appeared with this guerrilla war against government in Mexico to defeat government <coughs> on, with very criminal actions. What government's reaction was to conform a commission from the from Congress executive branch, relevant public figures, and sat down with the guerrilleros, with Subcomandante Marcos, immediately, and they obtained a cease of fire. They were discussing on a table the issue. Three months later, what started as a highly criminal action against revealing against government through a guerrilla was transformed into a social movement representing the cause of the indigenous. It was like a miracle, and it happened in just three months. No negotiation of the law, no negotiation of the territory, no negotiation of the constitutions. So there are um, Latin American answers to this kind of problems. Same thing happened in Colombia. Colombia President Mitchelson came out with the proposal to the cartels of no extradition. That was an offer that he made to them. And even he said, we will respect your capital if you submit yourselves to the uh, justice in Colombia. And so that was a move. So number two action I would do in Mexico after cease of fires, withdraw the army out of the streets. I mean, violence is not the response to violence. The frequent violations of human rights is repeating day after day. The frequent violation of legal due judiciary process, which the Constitution 
uh, respects for every citizen is not being respected. Armies do not respect human rights. Just take a look at the U.S. Army in Guantanamo. I mean, every day they violate it. Or in Iraq, under the claim that there is a war, armies violate human rights and the judiciary process. So, army has to be withdrawn and, and enforce the law through police means like you do in every other nation. Number three, uh, we must create a new police corp, very different to what we have. And uh, one idea that I have and think that is very strong is the idea of electing directly your sheriff or your police chief by the citizens with no parties participating on the election so that you depolitize, totally depolitize and de-partner uh, partisan, you, you avoid partisanship. And that should correct a lot of our police corps. And finally, opportunities, opportunities. This great foundation in California, in San Diego, led by Chris, a young guy that was a gang member, was a criminal, was a drug addict, and all of a sudden he decided to change. So he came out of the crime lines and created this foundation. Today what this foundation does is to go after kids that are in crime or in gangs or in drugs and pull them out offering them something that they cannot refuse, a better life than the one they are having and what they are doing. And so he's very, very successful on, on, on doing this. We're going to associate with them, with him, to come to Mexico. And I think that's the real answer to the problem. If that kid is earning $1,000 a month from criminals, we must match that offer or improve it with a good, nice job at a maquiladora or somewhere. If that kid is desiring to go to school but he didn't get the scholarship, we must give him the scholarship to go to the best university in Mexico, and so on and on. You have to compete in the marketplace with revolutionary ideas against criminal ideas. Big picture, uh, should Mexico sim simply tell the United States, this is your problem? your demand for drugs, it's your problem, you need to deal with the it? The time is coming, the time is coming. And uh, either the United States really rethinks, reinvents its strategy, or that will happen pretty soon because Mexico cannot afford, I mean, we're losing our business talents that are going out of the country to live here in the States. We're losing direct investment, 35% second quarter, uh, 35% decrease in foreign investment coming into Mexico. We see now Brazil moving ahead of Mexico by an economy that is now 50% larger than Mexican economy. In my time as president, Mexican economy was larger than Brazilian economy. So we're losing ground in all fronts. And worst off, the image, I mean, the trademark image, Mexico. I mean, the image of Mexico today in the States it's, it's being eroded, weakened, and um, 
if you want to rescue your name and you want to bring it back to the powerful image that Mexico had in the past, we must end up with this problem. And, and we have to think about which alternatives we have. We have to do our own work, but we have to demand from this nation either they accept legalizing or uh, they find a way to enforce the law and to control cargoes of drugs just by crossing the border or even money laundering. Most of money laundering is still being done here. The United States has spent hundreds of billions of dollars in the recent decades trying to enforce drug prohibition. How successful do you think it's possible for the United States to be in, Prohibitions in that don't work. It's starting with the very first one, which was the apple in Garden of Eden. That was the forbidden fruit, and that's the first one that Adam and Eve went for. Prohibition of alcohol here in the States caused so many problems in Chicago that up until the prohibition was eradicated, then peace and harmony came back so prohibitions don't work. As a matter of fact, we don't have prohibitions anymore. Today, it's, it's, it's not prohibited. Marriage among persons of the same sex. Today, abortion is not prohibited. Uh, today, cigarette consumption or alcohol consumption, which were, by the way, killed much more people than drugs. And so we are in front of the last prohibition, the last frontier of prohibitions. And who says? that drugs should be prohibited. I think that we should respect every single citizen's freedom and, and, and freedom of choice with responsibility. Because by demanding governments to avoid our kids to reach drugs, we will never get the answer from government. Contrary to that, if we educate, if we inform, if we let our kids learn that drugs are very harmful to their health and to their life and their happy life that they can have outside of drugs, if they learn this, they will not consume drugs. And this is why I use a lot also the uh, experience in Portugal, which uh, Cato report, uh, reported not long ago, where after 10 years, there is a reduction of 25% in drug consumption. So there are ways to do it without going into a war. And finally, somebody usually tells me, I mean, how can you uh, take the step of legalizing in Mexico if the United States doesn't do the same? My answer is Portugal did not ask permit from the European Union to take their own step. And it worked without the uh, uh, approval of the European Union. So I think that Mexico should move on its own. And uh, uh, the problem is if that would be accepted by United States or not. But I would call on government and Congress here to pay attention to this issue and try to solve it. Because right now it's Mexico who is paying the price. But tomorrow it could be this nation paying a huge price by not solving this issue. Vicente Fox is the former president of Mexico. We spoke prior to a speech he gave at the Cato Institute. You can listen to his remarks or watch the video at Cato.org.